0: Hello everyone and welcome to Answers for Life with Pastor Shelley where we take life's difficult questions and give meaningful answers using the word of God. I'm your host Noel Wagner. I'm here again with Pastor Shelley. Today's going to be a little bit different in in what we're looking at, but I'm excited about it.
1: I am too. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to kind of tiptoe into science and we're not we're not
0: scientists, are we? Not even a little bit. So we're going to take we're going to look at Newton's laws of physics. And like Pastor Shelly said, we are not claiming to be scientists. We do not claim to know everything about this universe or the things that happen or go on. But we're going to take these these laws of physics, these laws of motion, and we're going to kind of spiritualize them. That's
1: right. We are going to take these laws and we're going to look at them through the lens of the scriptures.
0: Yes, absolutely. So the first law of physics, a body at rest will remain at rest and a body in motion will remain in motion unless it is acted upon by an external force exactly
1: and the first thing that jumps out at me in this first law is external force why in the world are things in motion if they can't become if they can't create their own motion something has to put them in motion mm-hmm. Everything in this world is in motion. Everything in the universe is in motion. What is that external force? you have any ideas what that might be?
0: Um, I have a a pretty good idea of what that external force might be. Uh, I would say the God of the universe put all the things in motion.
1: I think you're right. I don't know what what else you can go to.
0: I I can't figure it out. We looked at a couple of other scientists as we were researching for today in this podcast and all the explanations that they give seem to be missing some information. There's, there's something there. There's a gap there where something came from nothing. And we know that from the the third law or the first law of physics, that nothing can happen without an external force acting upon it.
1: Let me give you an example. Let's say Noah is home alone in the middle of the night Dark outside. Sound asleep. Sound asleep. Nobody's there. And all of a sudden, you hear something in your house. What is your first thoughts?
0: Grab my gun. Somebody is coming in. Somebody is there. Right.
1: You're not sitting there in bed or laying there in bed saying, well, I guess something in my house just decided to move. Right. No. A child. A child understands this first law. Child laying in bed at night. Child hears something goes bump in the night. Immediately, that child is in fear that
0: somebody is in the room. Absolutely. There has to be an external force. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then that, that Genesis 1 goes through exactly how God put into motion, the external force being God, put into motion all the things that exist that we can see and that we can experience today.
1: In science class in high school, we learned of the Big Bang Theory, which... Um... Sounds good when you first hear it. As okay, that's how it all got going in motion. Um, but even the Big Bang theory needs somebody to light the fuse, mm-hmm. which is an action, is a motion, is a movement in itself. So even though I don't agree with the Big Bang theory, you still need a God to light the fuse,
0: right? Absolutely. There has to be an external force. And as Christians, as believers, we believe that is the eternal, ever-present God of the universe. Colossians 1 says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, both visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and it was God alone. So that was the first law of physics. The second law The force acting on an object is equal to the mass of that object times its acceleration. You've probably heard this in class, F equals MA. That's right. that's, That's a law of force equals mass times acceleration. And basically what we're going to talk about is the amount of force needed to make the amount of mass move at a certain speed.
1: Exactly. This law number two is the reason I do not go to a gym and work out on weights that's why because i'm telling you this law it takes force to lift up those heavy heavy weights and Absolutely. i'm not a weightlifter but i do understand it it's real simple that uh that it takes the bigger the object is the more force it takes to move right. the objects and we have some big objects in our universe
0: we sure do the earth just to give you an example, the Earth is uh, six times 10 to the 24th power kilograms, <laughs> or 1.3 times 10 to the 25th power pounds. Uh, that is equivalent to, write down the number 13. OK? And then 24 zeros behind it..: A lot of zeros. Wow. Yes. So the Earth, very heavy. Very heavy.: Jupiter, the biggest planet in our solar system weighs approximately 318 Earths.
1: 318 Earths.
0: The weight of Jupiter is 1.898 times 10 to the 27 kilograms. I mean, it is a big planet. It weighs a lot, 317.8 mole, uh, which is a a scientific equation. Yeah, we don't know what that is. Basically, it's it's massive.
1: (laughs) It's very, very big. That's all we need to know. Now get
0: this. The sun- Yep is the equivalent of 330,000 Earths. Wow. So Jupiter is 318 Earths. Mm -hmm. The Sun is 330,000 Earths. It's 1,048 Jupiters. It is so big that it actually takes up 98.8% of mass in our solar system.
1: So we know by law number two... For those objects to be in motion, something bigger than those objects have to put them in motion.
0: Absolutely. The force has to be great to put them in motion and not only just put them in motion, but sustain them in motion, keep them going in motion. Uh, Colossians 1 again, it talks about, for by him all things were created. And then in verse 17, and he is before all things and in him all things are sustained. That's right. All things hold together. So not only did God create everything in Genesis one, uh, but He also put them all in motion. He put all the objects in motion, and then He then sustains them for all time. Motion in order. Mm, oh yeah, not just
1: out there going somewhere nowhere. It the universe has an order to it.
0: Absolutely, we could go in. We can specify like we can look at the evidence of how we only exist on this planet. Because God has created it in such a way that I mean if we were one degree off center or we were you know a hundred miles closer to the sun, we would burn up and die, right. but God has created it so in such a way that there's so much order and brings him glory
1: you know i'm not a scientist we I've said that again, right but I do know this speaking of the order of the universe and the big bang if I wanted to Let's just say that my house is a mess and it needs to be brought into order. By the way, my wife is a law and order wife. I mean, she likes her and house in order. And she's a scientist. There you go. And she likes order. To bring order to our house would not... This is what you don't do to bring order to the house. You don't come in and you set... A couple sticks of dynamite in the middle of the house, and you light them and let it explode. And then all of a sudden, order comes to your
0: house. Right. It does not happen that way.
1: It doesn't happen that way. It happens through your wife saying, We need to clean up and bring order to this place. And you get up and you bring order to it. That is what God did when he created the universe it yes. wasn't an explosion it was it was the word of god bringing order he spoke it into existence
0: He sure did so we've talked about law number 1 law number 2 and now let's close out with the third law of physics for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction
1: i like to think of that as, as far as a pool table Mm-hmm. And when you strike that ball and it strikes the other ball and it hits the sides and it, you know, they all go. And it's just that simple. Every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Swimming in a pool. You push water away from you and the water pushes you forward. Mm-hmm. That, the whole concept of swimming is law number three. But there's another side of that, if we're going to talk about spiritually, that for every action that we have on earth, you know what I'm going to call this? I'm going to call this Shelley's Law of Spirituality.
0: Okay.
1: All right. Can I do that? Is that that legal? Sounds good to me. Okay. And here it is. For every action in nature, uh, excuse me, for every action, there is a spiritual Action. Let me give you examples. Sin Mm -hmm. is an action. Adam and Eve are sin. And the spiritual action is, is the cross, Christ. Confession, an act of confession. We confess our sins. It says this, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the action is confession and the spiritual action is forgiveness. Here's another one. Repentance. Repentance is an action of turning away from this world and turning to God. And what is the spiritual action from repentance? Salvation. We receive salvation by repenting of our sins. So Shelley's Law of Spirituality is for every action, there is a spiritual action. And by the way, that can be good or bad. Mm -hmm. Bad actions can reap bad judgment, a spiritual judgment. Actions of repentance will bring spiritual salvation.
0: Absolutely. Colossians 1.21, and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. That's our action. He has now reconciled in his body by his flesh, by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. That's the spiritual action. If indeed you continue in faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. That, that is the gospel. Mm-hmm. We were sinners. That was our action. God reacted, sent Jesus, uh, did not count himself at God uh, something to be grasped, equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied out himself, putting himself on the cross, becoming obedient to the point of death. And then from that action, we now have a reaction that we have to say, Yes, I believe, or No, I don't. And that's going to lead to spiritual death or spiritual life.
1: That's right. Well, Newton. Knew what he was talking about. And really, by the way, he was a believer. He maybe not. He wasn't a Southern Baptist, <laughs> i say right. he was far from that. But he, he did believe in God, and I believe that he understood that external force as being God. Mm-hmm. We know it's God, and we can trust him for our
0: salvation. Absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Shelley, for that time. Uh, We will post all of our resources that we got here in our in the podcast notes. Make sure that you guys are are staying tuned for updates as we are posting more and more podcasts each week. Uh, If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, and uh, share it with your your friends and family. Again, this has been Answers for Life with Pastor Shelley. Want to encourage you all this this week uh, to to be thinking about the external force, the creator of the universe, God, be focused on him. Look outside and you can see the creation and it is beautiful. It is amazing. And remember, Jesus is the answer.